from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. Hello and a very warm welcome to our international English service. In our program today, we bring inspiring music, an interesting nature study. With more music coming in, we shall end our program with a message from God's Word. This is your host Sharad and I am Maureen and you are listening to Adventist World Radio The Voice of Hope. Let's begin our program with a song. Well Jesus walked on the water he also calmed the sea. Taught so many lessons there by the shores of Galilee. He healed the sick, the lame, the blind. He set the captive free. He fed the multitudes with bread. Just watch and you will see. I am the way, the truth, and life. You gotta walk, believe, and live. If you give, you surely will receive, and the last will be his first. He said, I am the way, the truth, and life. You gotta walk, believe, and live. I am the way, the truth, and life. You gotta walk, believe, and live. Well, the way was made and the message clear, but the people could not see. They rejected him and put him down And they nailed him to that tree So when you face temptation Do not crumble down For my Lord will take your sins away Your reward will be a crown Say here's the way, the truth and life. You gotta walk, believe and live. Here's the way, the truth and life. You gotta walk, believe and live. Here's the way, the truth and life. You gotta walk, believe and live. Here's the way, the truth and life. You gotta walk. You are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope from Pune, India. And now, here's a nature study. Vines, vines and more vines. Dear friend, I'm glad to share a nature study on vines, vines and more vines. It seems that the only place that you can avoid vines is in the middle of a desert. 
Wines are all around us. Some of them are useful and some of them are poisonous. Others are simply pests. I have a cartoon of a little boy who was at camp. He came to the nature director with a handful of wines and said, "Look at these new wines that I found." The picture shows the nature director backing away because the wines were poisonous. There are always some who find interesting wines that they haven't seen before and that is probably because there are so many of them wines vary in size from that of a thread to as large as a person's body wines usually grow up on some other natural object they rely very much on chance on finding something to grow upon If there is no rock, tree or other climbable objects, they will grow horizontally on the ground. For many wines, the upward climb to light is what keeps them alive. Some wines will just spiral around their objects, while others will use barbs, hooks, thorns and aerial roots to hang into the captive object. The large wines of tropical rainforests that have a woody texture, the kind that children like to swing on, are called linens. Grape wines also belong to this group. Monkeys and other animals in the jungles and rainforests use the wines that extend from tree to tree to walk, crawl and jump on. Some of you have rattan furniture in your house. The rattan is a good size wine that climbs part way up the tree, attaches itself with spines, then grows from tree to tree. Rattan palms grow up to 650 feet long and store drinkable water in them. Dear listener, Christ came and died in this world that you and I as sinners might be freed from the bondage of sin. As the wine wraps themselves around victims, so sin wraps itself around its victims. Only the blood of Jesus can set you free. Thank him for that freedom today. Thank you for the nature study. We are sure our listeners enjoyed it. To learn more on nature, keep listening to Adventist World Radio. We will be studying different objects of nature because there is a simplicity and purity in these lessons direct from nature that makes them of the highest value. The children and youth, all classes of students need the lessons to be derived from this source. In itself, the beauty of nature leads the soul away from sin and worldly attractions and toward purity, peace and God. Dear friend, death, struggle, pain and violence were not part of God's original creation. Let's discover what was the world like when God created it. To know more on God's word, you could also write to us. Here's our mailing address. Adventist World Radio Post Box Number One Seven Pune Four One One Zero Zero One Maharashtra India. You could also email us on Adventist Media Center at gmail dot com. You may also follow our programs on our website awr dot org slash English program. Before you hear God's word, here's another song. Keep me 
across a precious fountain free to all a healing stream that flows from Calvary's mountain fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. Tell me what happened in Africa with your friend. 
Well, you know, this is one of those things that is, uh, I'm going to tentatively say. <laughs> okay. Because we are not used to uh, all the time to supernatural manifestations of this spirit. And my friend was actually ending a camp meeting, which is like evangelistic meetings that took about a week. Mm-hmm. And everybody came from that area of Africa and they kind of lived there. Um, mm-hmm. And um, he was at his last sermon. Um, he felt the presence of the Holy Spirit throughout the week and, and people were there feeling the same thing. And then his last sermon, there was not a breeze outside. And when he was in the climax of his sermon, this uh, wind came and it was so strong that he thought that the roof was going to give way, you know, that it was going to fall. And they all felt that this was an actual manifestation of the Spirit saying, I am here. My presence is with you. And I'm so it wasn't just the preacher that felt that way, but no, even the everybody people else, in, in yeah. attendance. And then when the sermon was over, again, there was not one breeze outside. Okay, not and a so, breath of air. I'm, yeah, not, yeah. Not a breath of wind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Air Certainly there was. Air. It's, <laughs> yes. it's important to breathe. So, but they all felt that this had been in some way a miraculous. And, and you know, he told it to me tentatively. Could it be? Mm-hmm. That we are starting to receive, um, you know, the Holy Spirit in supernatural ways like they did in the first century church. Because there are prophecies that seem to say that at the end of times, right before the second coming, which we talked about uh, being the introduction of the book of Acts, that people would again get the same type of visitation from the Holy Spirit to empower them for preaching. You realize that some people uh, overemphasize this and other people are very uncomfortable with even the mention of uh, supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And yet the Bible does seem to indicate, number one, that it's happened in the past, and number two, that it will happen yet again in the future. Mm -hmm. That in different ways, the Holy Spirit will manifest himself with power for the purposes of accomplishing God's work and bringing on the second coming. Yes, because See, the Holy Spirit um, had been promised by Jesus at the end of the Gospel of Luke. Remember, we are in the book of Acts, which is the second volume to Luke. And Luke ended that way when Jesus taught them the scriptures to understand that it was all about him. And then he said, but you have to stay in Jerusalem before you go out preaching this because you're going to receive power from on high. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and he will empower you to preach Mm -hmm. the gospel so that people actually come to believe Mm-hmm. In me, right? That's right. In fact, in Acts chapter 1, we find a, a reciting of that. It says, for you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit uh, not many days from now. And now here in chapter 2, it appears that we see this event starting to happen. And it, actually, this is Pentecost. So before we start reading, let's, let's talk about Pentecost. Because the first verse of chapter 2 says, when the day of Pentecost had come. What is Pentecost, Mike? Well, Pentecost, again, that, that word penta, it starts off penta. You, you know the Pentagon is the... the yeah, it mm-hmm. has a building with five sides. Mm-hmm. And this means that basically Penta talks about a, an event that takes place 50 days after Passover. Yes. It, it actually, the way they used to count, and you can read this in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 and 16, it was the 50th day after the Sabbath of Passover week. And here we have Jesus who has been around for 40 days, 40 days and before ascended. his ascension. All right. So, so we 10 days say, later is correct. when Pentecost happens. Correct. Uh, in fact, let's take a look at what uh, Pentecost is. Uh, Leviticus chapter 23, 15, it says, You shall also count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, uh, from the day when you brought in the, the sheaf of the wave offering, there shall be uh, seven complete Sabbaths. Uh, you shall count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath, 
then you shall present a new grain offering to the Lord. So this is the the Feast of Pentecost, a, yes. new, a new grain offering 50 days after the Sabbath Passover. And actually, this was called other names in the Old Testament. We have mm-hmm. Day of the First Fruits in the book of Numbers, chapter 28, verse 26. It's also called the Feast of Harvest in Exodus twenty three sixteen, and the Fifth Weeks in Deuteronomy sixteen ten. So it is on this day that the events of chapter 2 take place. And let's read what those events are. When the day of Pentecost had come, They were all together on one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now, this is really interesting because we have two manifestations from nature here that we're told. First, this rushing wind, Mm -hmm. something similar to what we were talking about when we started the broadcast. You know, wind and breath has been a symbol of the Spirit throughout the Bible, even in the New Testament when, for example, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he's talking about one who's born of the Spirit. He says, Mm -hmm. the wind comes. And it blows wherever it will and you know not. John chapter 3, verse 8. And Fire is a symbol of divine presence. You might remember mm-hmm. what Moses gets well, his call. Bush. Absolutely, in Exodus 3. So both of them, the fire, the presence of God, the wind, the symbol of the Spirit, are showing that something specifically prophesied by Jesus is actually happened. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you remember Jesus also was baptized by the Holy Spirit when mm-hmm. it, he went to be baptized and then a dove, the dove was seen upon, upon his him. Head. Yeah, yes. And the voice mm-hmm. from heaven came. It's, it is strategic that this happens now because there were people in Jerusalem from all over the world. And so let's take a look at, at why this is important. Verse 5. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. Hmm. Uh, They were amazed and astonished, saying, why, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Yeah, and then it starts giving a list of all these nations, uh, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea, etc., etc. You can read it. Um, I have a map right here in front of me that shows all the nations that were represented in this list. And mm-hmm. Mike said, show the map on the radio. Yeah, do that. Let's, let's show that right now so everyone can see. <laughs> oh, well, someday we'll have a visual radio to, to show you. But for now, let me tell you that throughout the known map of the time, there are names of the different nations that are represented here. You have Rome all the way to to the far northwest of the map. And then you have all the way to the east, you have Mesopotamia. And then the southwest, you have Egypt. I mean, all over the known map, there's people that have come to, to mm-hmm. Jerusalem for the Passover and the Pentecost. And now they're hearing the gospel for the first time in their own language. This is very significant because Acts is the story of how the gospel spreads. Mm-hmm. And what better way than to communicate the gospel to people who are gathered in one place who are eventually going to go home, and they hear the gospel in their own language. So this gift of tongues at Pentecost was a gift of languages. It was a gift that where one person was preaching, but people from five or six different countries were listening in their own language it at looks, the same It looks time, like there was a gift of hearing then. It was as much a gift of hearing yeah, as it was of speaking. Because they were hearing their own tongue, mm-hmm. and, and there were not that many people talking as, as a present, right? So this was a gift given specifically for the purposes of communication of the gospel. And some said, well, what is happening? Some are amazed, but others are mocking them on verse mm-hmm. 13. So 
Peter starts a sermon, and this is the first of several sermons that we have in the book of Acts. And these are very specific sermons. They're sermons that tell the whole redemptive history, exactly like Jesus told them in Luke 24. Luke 24 is what it goes back to with the road to Emmaus and Jesus speaking to the disciples there about, uh, even before they realized who he was, that all the Old Testament pointed forward to those particular events. Yes, he said, all the law, the prophets, and the Psalms are about me, he says Mm -hmm. in Luke 24. And here Peter will do the first of several sermons that do exactly that. They start from the beginning and Moses and all of that, and they said, look, it was all about Jesus. This is the gospel. But Peter, verse 14, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words, for these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel, and it shall be in the last days God shall, God says that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. If you want to go back to the Old Testament and actually look at that prophecy, after all, we're the voice of prophecy, and mm-hmm. we're trying to show mm-hmm. you how all the prophecies are actually pointing uh, towards uh, Jesus, and and this particular prophecy is from the prophet Joel, uh, chapter 2, and you have several verses that he's quoting from showing that this was prophesied, that actually the pouring of the Holy Spirit would come so that they could preach the gospel. And then he goes on to talk about who Jesus was. Verse 23, this man, this mm-hmm. man that God sent, etc., etc., um, uh, it was a, a predetermined plan and a foreknowledge of God. And you guys you nailed, nailed him, him to a, a cross. cross by the hands of yeah. godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting to an end the agony of death, since it is impossible for him to be held in its power. And then he makes a call on verse 38 and says, repent, be baptized, and you will also receive the Holy Spirit. And verse 41 tells us that 3,000 people were converted that now, day. That's incredible. 3,000 people start this fledgling church in Jerusalem, the first century after the resurrection. And it begins with one sermon where, where again, from the Old Testament, Peter demonstrates that Jesus was indeed the Messiah and he has died for your sins. Mike, uh, we both preach a lot and we go around the world doing evangelistic series. I can't wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in, in this measure where three to five to 10,000 people would be converted in one day. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. We want to thank Voice of Prophecy for their generosity in sharing these biblical studies with Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101institute.org. That's Jesus101institute.org. Until next time, live free. Woohoo! You are A figure in the distance is hedged against the sky. A house like silhouetted on the hill A father stops suspended Oh, could this be his son? The son walks resolutely through the chill This distance now is shortened Between father and the son The jolt 
scriptures says your world is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path psalms 119 verse 105 i know Standing on the promises of Christ my King Through eternal ages let His praises ring Glory in the highest I will shout and sing Standing on the promises of God This is my standing This is my song Standing on the promises of God Raising my Savior my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior, praising my Savior, praising my Savior. Praising my divine 
salvation, patches of gold, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. Standing With this, we have almost come to the end of our program. To learn more on God's Word, we would love to receive your letters on Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune 411001, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on Adventist Media Center at gmail.com. We invite you to follow our programs also on our website. That's awr.org. Slash English program. This is your host Sharad, and I'm Maureen signing off from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Until we meet again via radio, we wish you goodbye and God bless you.